This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our friends over at Ball. Yeah, I'm talking about Ball is in the home of the Nuggets and Avs. I'm talking about Ball is in the aerospace company. And I'm talking about Ball as in the company that made over 100 billion cans last year. That is just crazy. And not only are they incredibly successful company in so many different ventures of life, but they're one of the best places to work for because their culture of belonging has been noticed by the human rights campaign. And they have a corporate equality index score of 100%, a perfect uh, corporate equality index score, meaning that they don't care who you are. If you are willing to do good work for them, they want to hire you. So that's all you have to do to get a job with them is check them out over at jobs stopball.com and search for golden or simply text golden to 77222 because they're looking to add line capacity to their 400 person plant here in town in golden because the demand for sustainable aluminum beverage cans is greater than ever and more than that chances are if you've consumed a beverage in a can it's been from a ball aluminum can and they do great work over there leading sustainability efforts leading how they treat their employees so no better place to work than over at ball so text golden to 77 77- 7222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden to land your job at ball. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach Mace, Arcade, and the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Number four, we're still waiting for. Well, bring on. Couple with Breck, brew and a friend bleed on Jim Blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this fabulous Friday edition. I'm your host, Zach Steven, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our friends over at MSU Denver Online, our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, because they are the new urban online university with learning outcomes equivalent to -to face-to-face courses, which is just unheard of at other universities. But over at MSU Denver, they deliver. They have great gen eds taught by real people, great completion options, full programs, and the virtual services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to graduation. And whether you're online or on campus, it's all the same to them. Their students do just as well online. 
as they do in person, which means you get the same degree while continuing to live your life. And Mace, my boy, what's up? This is the last Friday without NFL football. At this time next week, we'll already have one game in the books, the oh, Dallas-Tampa Bay game for Thursday night football uh, to kick off the season, which I think is going to be a Tampa Bay route. Yep. Might as well just get that out there yep. uh, right, yep. right at the start here. But <laughs> yeah. that, mean, that means in just nine days, we're talking about the Broncos' season opener against the New York Giants in East Rutherford, New Jersey. I mean, it's and even this week, they're starting to watch film. They're starting to work on Giants prep, Giants game plan before this uh, three-day holiday weekend that they get uh, the, the quasi-buy before the regular season. So it's on. It's here. It's real. I mean, we're starting to talk about now who's going to play for the Giants. Evan Ingram missing some time this week with a calf injury. Saquon Barkley, Giants are projecting him to play. I mean, this is it. We're here. Yes, the we're is here. Over. We're here, Mason. We're also talking about, you know, is Noah fan, Bradley Chubb, are they going to play? We are truly oh. almost in game week, Mace, and I absolutely love it. I'm so excited. And you said Tampa Bay should start the season in a route. I totally agree with you there. A lot of people think the Broncos should start their season in a route as well, just because of how bad the Giants are looking. But obviously, Saquon is a big name to keep an eye on because if they don't have him, Mace, their starting running back is Devontae Booker. You got Devontae Booker and Daniel Jones going up against this Vic Fangio-led defense. It shouldn't be close. And of course, shouldn't is a big word there. But oh, I can't wait to dive into a real game week next week mace but before we get there before we just focus on one game i want to talk about uh the ceiling and floor of this team the ceiling a very exciting discussion the floor a very scary discussion for some but i think it's a great place to start because next week we're obviously going to dive into the giants and everything that that matchup brings but we're also going to look at the entire season give our super bowl picks our afc picks our afc west picks what we think the broncos record is going to be compared to the rest of the afc west so this is a great place to start before we dive into that full preview of just okay how good are the broncos what what's what can they do how far can they fall and what it means moving forward? Well, you know, the funny thing is you were mentioning Devontae Booker in that statement. I'm thinking, you know, Devontae Booker sliced up the Broncos last year when he <laughs> yes, played he for did. the Raiders. So let's not, let's not sleep on him a little bit, but yeah, floor and ceiling. And it's always interesting to kind of take a look at this and look at the potential outcomes for this. And I would say this, Zach, a year ago at this time, what did you think? the floor for the Broncos would be going into that season. Oh boy. Um, six and 10. I, I, I thought that Ooh. it wasn't going to get much worse uh, than what it was the year before Mace. And so, uh, so literally, they, yeah, exactly. They finished below the floor. I mean, I, I think, I think going in, I thought their floor was five and 11 just because I thought, okay, probably too much talent on the defensive side. Of course, we saw a lot of that talent go, uh, by the way of injuries, but they, they scraped the floor, the bottom of what I thought they would be. And that's why it's kind of always interesting to take a look at, at this and where it goes. And obviously like for some teams, like for example, if you look at say Tampa Bay, you'd say their floor is probably 
nine and eight, but then you have the catastrophe, Oof. the catastrophe of if they lose Tom Brady. And then, cause right. if you take out like a, a, a key player who happens to be a quarterback, your floor changes. I mean, like when Peyton Manning played for the Colts, their floor was probably 10 and six. Once he got going into year five and beyond, and then they lose him and they go two and 14. The Broncos are an interesting team in that because there's probably so little difference in overall outcome between their two quarterbacks. I don't think their floor or ceiling changes either way. If Drew Locke has to go, I think it's that's, the same. that's a great point. It, it's a, it's a great point. And in fact, I, I was going to say, you know, well, we don't have to take into account like the Broncos losing their starting quarterback, but I guess we can in this because it, so, so we'll kind of go with, uh, realistic floor, but you're right. It doesn't really change for the Broncos that much, which is, which is, I guess a good thing. It just shows that while they may not have top end talent at the quarterback position, they have depth at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may not be in the top 24 teams in terms of the quality of their starting quarterback, but I would guess they're in the top eight teams in terms of the quality of their backup. So yeah, yeah, you know, that, and, and maybe even higher than that. I mean, you, I've said, and I, I do believe this, they have, the, they have two of the best 32 quarterbacks. So it's possible this team may be 24th, in, 24th or 25th in starting quarterback, but first or second in backup quarterback for what it's yeah, that, Maybe, that, that That's crazy. The reason why and, I'll say second is you, as long as Justin Fields is the backup, you might want to say, okay, they're number one in Chicago. <laughs> Right. Yes. You're, you're right about that. Uh, and Mace it, it's last year when looking back at last year and where I was wrong about why I thought the Broncos floor was, was what it was the year before at six and 10 was because I thought that drew lock was going to continue to progress. And I thought at worst case, if he stays where he is, or even if he takes a step back, because I thought taking a step back was realistic for him. If he takes a step back from seven touchdowns to three interceptions, he's still going to be, uh, you know, a, a good enough quarterback to get this team to where they were the year before. And that was with the disaster of Joe Flacco and Brandon Allen. And I thought Drew Locke throughout an entire season on his own is going to be at least where that team was. So that's why I thought six and 10. But I didn't really take into account that Drew Locke was actually going to be one of the worst performing quarterbacks in the league. And the Broncos were going to have to start Jeff Driscoll for a game. uh, And they were going to have to start Brett Rippon for a game. And I didn't see that much of a step back. So that kind of, unfortunately, you know, little buzzers are going off in my head and saying, okay, well, what's the worst Teddy Bridgewater could be this season or a combination of Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. And sure, you know, he, he could go out and throw one touchdown to six interceptions or something, but realistically. So I, I, that that's kind of where I look at this is I view it all through the lens of the quarterback. Now defense offense, those things will have some variables as well in this equation, but what is the ceiling for Teddy Bridgewater and what does that translate to wins? And what is the floor for Teddy Bridgewater and a Drew Locke possible combination? And what does that translate to wins? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. I'd say I, I look at this team's floor with either of them being five wins. And that's just, okay, a lot of things have to go wrong. Yeah. But at this and, and look, five and twelve would be a disaster. Oh. Five and twelve would probably and and here and here's how you'd get to five and twelve. I think it's just 
it would be a seal, a season that goes off the rails early and never recovers. I mean, if it's sort of the, the disaster, the disaster of say starting, uh, starting one in three or one in four, and then you make a quarterback change in the midst of that. And the quarterback change doesn't really help anything out. And, and that's possible. If they get off to a bad start with Teddy Bridgewater and they put Drew Locke in, uh, what if uh, what if Drew gets out there and he's still making when he gets under pressure is making some of the same mistakes that we've seen before? Then you then you also run the risk of you know morale going down, uh, lack of lack of security for the coaches, and that's why you have to say that a season like five and twelve is still possible because. There are things that, as talented as this team is, could unravel it quickly. Now, that being said, it's not a floor like we talk about with some other teams that have been struggling. Like, you look at Detroit, you look at, um, at Houston. These, te- the, these teams have lower floor, much lower floors. Jacksonville, um, you can get most of the, of the NFC East, for example. These teams have lower floors than the Broncos do, but still – there's that possibility that if every if everything just comes undone and then you get to the end of the season, people know the coaches are out and guys are just kind of they're they're either playing for their survival or if they know but they're, they're going to survive, they're kind of checked out. That's why you can't dismiss the possibility of a disaster like five and twelve. Yeah, and 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 I think Mace, that's where I'm going to put the bar as well. Uh, and the reason for that is, like I said, I think for this, th- this just all depends on the quarterback play. How bad can the quarterback play be? And let's just say it's Teddy Bridgewater the entire year, and it's that bad. And maybe Drew Locke comes in and contributes a little bit to this. But let's just go with the starting quarterback right now. And I want to look at Teddy Bridgewater's worst statistical year. And it was his rookie year, which isn't really fair, but that was kind of his floor as good quarterbacks. It probably should be their floor statistically is their first year in the league in 13 games that he played only 12 starts, but 13 games, 14 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Kind of sounds like Drew Locke's year last year with 16 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. You put that over a 17-game schedule, that's about 18 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. Kind of like Drew Locke's season last year. And what did the Broncos do with that poor quarterback play? Well, Mace, they went 5-11. and 11. And so that's why I'm going to keep the, the, the floor the same. I'm not going to knock them down anymore because the very bottom, th- this team is too talented to to lose more than 12 games this season but let's just say the quarterback play suffers there's injuries on defense just like there were last year there's injuries on offense just like there were was last year I'll say five and 12 that this is not a bottom feeding team where they could be a, a top three pick in the NFL this year they're, they're just too good for that exactly and I kind of agree that's why I say the four is five and 12 and if Bridgewater has this kind of season of which to speak, going back to his rookie type of numbers, he's not lasting 17 games. Right. That, that's the other thing. If, if he is on pace for this sort of season, he's probably not lasting longer than the Philadelphia game. He's probably the longest he would go would be the bye, And, the, and he, that only happens if, the defense is playing lights out to where you're still being competitive and winning games. If he, so if he has that, that rookie season, 64% completion percentage, like you said, 14 touchdowns, 12 picks, 
over the course of 13 games. He did have a touchdown run as well. If he has that, then if the team struggles, he's probably out of the lineup by early to mid-October. And if the team is doing well, I don't think he lasts beyond the bye. Like if if you get to that, uh, if you, if you get to that game against uh, Philadelphia in in November, and there and I believe it was SI who had the Broncos actually losing that game to Philadelphia. Wouldn't that be just absolutely mad? But Ugh. but that but Philadelphia is game number ten, and if Teddy Bridgewater has rookie Teddy type of numbers and they're sitting at five and five or maybe even six and four. I think they look at things coming out of the buy and say, okay, we're going to need a spark here. We're going to make a change. And so that's the other thing that comes into play as well. As part of why we can't put the floor that low, because it is a legitimate possibility that Bridgewater does have pedestrian numbers, but the team does stay in contention. And Hey, if the goal is, as George Payton said, to play relevant games in October and November. Well, you know what? Or November and December, pardon me. If you're if you're five and five, six and four at the bye, guess what? You may not be exactly where you want to be, but the games are relevant. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're in playoff contention. You're talking yep. about being in the mix for a wild card. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the goals would be uh, on point, Mace. And now let's <laughs> let's flip this and yeah. look at the ceiling. And so I did uh, something else because again, I think this is all about the quarterback play here. Mm -hmm. And I flipped this and looked at what is Teddy Bridgewater's ceiling. I pulled his best season, which is of course the five games that he started with new Orleans, which isn't a hundred percent fair just to take a five game sample size, but you know what we're talking about ceilings. So I'm going to do that. Uh, he, in, in those five games, not only did he go five and oh, he threw 68% completion. He had nine touchdowns, two interceptions mace over the course of a 17 game season. Those numbers, if he did that for 17 games would be 31 touchdowns and seven interceptions. And boy, with everything I said about how good this defense can be, how good this offense can be. If they get 31 and seven, I mean, Mace, those are almost Aaron Rodgers type of numbers from the quarterback position. Um, and that that would be, you know, top five quarterback play this year. If they get that, which again is pretty far fetched. But if they were to get that, this ceiling for the team is 13 wins, 13 and four. Yeah. And I think actually what's interesting on Bridgewater, you mentioned just kind of taking his play with the saints, but I think it's worth to get a broader sample size on what could be his best for a season to kind of to go back and add up what he did with new Orleans, plus what he did in Carolina before, before the injury. And you okay. just take that. That's about a 15 game sample size. Pretty good. And that's, yeah, that's 22 touchdowns and nine picks. It's better. Mm -hmm. It's better than two than two to one. In, in that sample size, he completed seventy percent of his passes as well. And so, if you did that over seventeen game, if you did that over seventeen games, you'd be talking about basically probably a uh, twenty-five touchdowns, ten picks, seventy uh, percent completion percentage. It may not be sexy, and you you may not be happy with the uh, the with the touchdown number in terms of in terms of in terms of passes 
specifically, you'd like more than 25 touchdown passes over the course of 17 games. But also, what is he contributing on the ground as, as well, for example? And in those, in those seasons, let's see here. I've got it, got it right here, 2019. He, let's see. Oh, did that not, did that not come up? I'm, yeah, this is, this is great podcasting as I'm looking for. Uh, <laughs> what are you for, trying to crunch right now? I'm trying to get his, uh, his, his rushing. Okay, there it is. 20, 2019. He, when he was with the Saints, he ran, let's see, he did not run for a touchdown. Last year before the injury, he ran for three touchdowns. So, wow, that's surprising. He, yeah. And that's then he two had two more than more. I would have thought. He had two, well, that's, and he had two after the injury as well. He had five rushing touchdowns last year. So, wow. that's part and parcel of what you have to consider with Teddy. So, if he's accounting for, say 30 touchdowns over the course of 17 games, some on the ground, most of them through the air, you can win, you can win with that. And if the defense is playing to its capability, I think this, the ceiling is, is really high, Zach. I'd even say the ceiling, I'd say the ceiling is 13 wins, maybe even 14. If I want to get saucy, I'm going to keep it at 13 to be reasonable. But the reason why I say 13 is that, I think back to some other teams that didn't have great quarterback play, but everything else came together. Like, for example, let's go in the Wayback Machine 20 years to the 2001 Chicago Bears under, under Dick Geron. And that team was excellent on special teams, excellent on defense. Their, most of the year, their quarterback was Jim Miller who had a 74.9 rating, 13 touchdowns, 10 picks. Shane Matthews was the quarterback for the other games, five touchdowns, six picks. That Bears team went 13-3. and three. So what, the, what Jim Miller and Shane Matthews did was fairly pedestrian even for that time, but, and, and a lot had to go right. But if that Chicago team can win 13 games with – Miller and Matthews at quarterback. I know that if Teddy Bridgewater is just pretty good, not great, but the defense is lights out and you're getting it and you're getting a strong running game. And the, and the bears that year also had a strong running game as well. That 13 wins is legitimately possible for this team. I know that people are going to be like, Whoa, Whoa, that's crazy. We're talking about the ceiling here. We're talking about everything breaking, right? Everything breaks, right? This team is 13 and four and maybe even better than who knows. Maybe they're going into that last game of the season, Zach, playing for the AFC West <laughs> title against the Kansas City Chiefs. That Let's is crazy. It's crazy. That is crazy. But I can't dismiss the possibility of it happening because Teddy Bridgewater has shown he can be that efficient for a long stretch, and the defense can be that good. Yeah, I think, uh, Mesa, I, I'm not going to tell you to cool down on the 13 and four. I think I'll tell you to cool down on competing with the Chiefs, even with that record. <laughs> but that's something that we'll get into next week. Just how good are the Chiefs going to be? A and Mace, if they get 31 and seven, 31 touchdowns and seven interceptions from Teddy Bridgewater and they go 13 and four. Uh, I know Tim Jenkins said there was nothing that Teddy Bridgewater could do to get an extension this year. I know Ryan agreed with him after he said that last week. 
this would get Teddy Bridgewater an extension, 31 touchdowns, seven picks. So he has a career year, a tremendous year. This will be a pro bowl year as well. Uh, And then the team also has incredible success. This is how Teddy Bridgewater is the Broncos starting quarterback with a pretty big contract in 2022. Yeah. And I think with the kind of season that, um, that I, that I brought up, uh, I would say he could get an extension, but it would be kind of a one or two year extension where he clearly remains a brace to somebody else. If he has the type of season that you, that you're talking about 31 to seven, that might be a three or four year extension. That might, that might be doubling down and saying he is the guy. Now, again, uh, you distilled it down to what he did in new Orleans. And, uh, and that's kind of, and that's obviously, only five games, but if the team is successful and he has that type of season and the guy who's making the ultimate call is part of the, the group of people who drafted Teddy Bridgewater. Yep. Damn right. I could see him getting an extension. I know people may kind of shudder at that, but, (laughs) but George Payton on some level believes in Teddy Bridgewater. Yep. He would, yep. and, and he wouldn't have, of all the possibilities in the for veteran quarterbacks, he wouldn't have made Teddy the guy to bring in of all those veteran competition possibilities if he didn't believe, believe in him. If he didn't believe that there was still some, that there was upside to him that we haven't yep. seen. And, yep. and and this is and this is kind of part of how, you know, our brains work. You know, when you have a perception of somebody coming into the league then sometimes you revert back to that a little bit and say well if if a b and c could have happened then all this would have worked out and it's easy to believe that george payton looked at how things were progressing for teddy in his first couple of years before he got derailed by that injury now sees him five years removed from that horrific injury and says you know what? He's gotten he's gotten back on his feet. Maybe he isn't quite as nimble as he was before, but he's a more accurate passer now than he was than he was earlier. Why can't he be that guy that I believed he could be when we drafted him back in 2014? And Bridgewater's still what he's he's 28 years old, right? Yep. I mean, if that's not late enough for a quarterback to emerge and enter a prime enter a prime in other words if he has the type of season that you speak of zach 31 touchdowns seven picks you could sign him to a three or four year deal if you believe that he's a franchise quarterback and you could and and then you could just you could easily justify that in terms of how you expect the next few years to go it's yeah it's something that is it unlikely yes can you dismiss it entirely no yeah, I I completely agree. And Mace, I do think your twenty two and nine is is probably more of a realistic ceiling, uh, and and not even ceiling, but more of a realistic good season from Teddy. And with that, I would put the Broncos win loss total at eleven and six, uh, maybe even stretching to twelve and five. But if Teddy goes twenty two and nine, or the quarterback position goes twenty two and nine, 
Uh, this team is winning double digit games. They're at least at 10 and seven, but I like to think that they would be 11 and six just because of everything else around them too. And that is not only a playoff team. That's a team that didn't back their way into the playoffs. That was a team that had a strong hold on a playoff spot in November and December. So they weren't just relevant in November and December. They were strong in November and December and have a, a very good chance to make noise in the playoffs. And we're asking not that much. We're talking about 22 touchdowns. That's not even one and a half touchdowns per game, but it is less than one intercept, or I guess it's right about well, uh, half an interception a game. It's just, it's not yeah. about being an incredible quarterback. It's just about being a good quarterback. Yeah, and if he played all 17 games, that 22 touchdown line would prorate to 25. If, right. So that'd be 20. It's 25 touchdowns, 10 picks, and his rating would be 99.0. That's yep. maybe not M an MVP type of, of rating. Certainly not. It's But that's the kind of season that if you said, all right, well, that's what he did in that 15-game pre- knee injury stretch from new Orleans through the first 10 weeks in Carolina last year. And then he turned around and did that for us at that point, you'd probably have a good idea that that was who Teddy Bridgewater was. Now, then the question becomes, all right, we get, we might give him a contract, but is this all he is? Or if it, is there another level he can reach? And that's again, you could give him a big contract, but if that's his level, that's where you might get, might get into a danger zone. You'd have to make sure that it was, good money but not elite money if that's the yeah. case i mean i if if you're talking about 30 million dollars for teddy bridgewater for that i'd be like no 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 if you're talking about say 18 million dollars for teddy bridgewater for that sort of performance that's where it becomes something where it's reasonable but would teddy take that right it, it's a great question mace i've loved this conversation i want to get over into the rest of the AFC West to see where the Broncos floor and ceiling falls. But first, Mace, you, you mentioned uh, danger zones. And if you have a danger zone below the belt, well, ah! I have the perfect thing to help you. It is the Lawnmower 4.0 from our friends over at Manscaped. The Lawnmower 4.0 is just the best razor out there. I don't care if we're talking above the, the, the neck, below the belt. It's the best one out there. It's a 7,000 RPM motor with a new multifunction on and off switch that can engage a travel lock. And of course, it's waterproof, just like all of them. And the Lawnmower 4.0 also has an LED spotlight that you can turn on and off, which also helps with uh, with the battery life. And the battery life on these things is fantastic. And why don't you get the Perfect Package 4.0, which comes with the Lawnmower 4.0? It also comes with the Weed Whacker, which is like having a little astronaut to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ears. And of course, don't forget the Crop Preserver, which is a deodorant. The Crop reviver to help everything going on and get hooked up with all of those things by using the code dnvr and you'll get 20 percent off plus free shipping when you use that code so make sure to check them out over at manscape.com smash that code dnvr and get 20 percent off and free shipping of course also want to tell you about dnvr itself our our website our podcast network our bar so much more you know We've told you about the perks of being a DNVR member, but you know what? You don't have to be a member to get in on what we've going on, got going on right now at the DNVR bar, which is the chance to host your fantasy football party. Right now, 
between now and next Thursday. It's prime time for fantasy drafts over the course of this Labor Day weekend. And if you sign up to host your draft party at the DNVR bar, you're going to get two free pictures of beer, one Breck beer picture of your choice and one draft beer of your choice. All you need to do to get in on this is call the DNVR bar from 3 p.m. or later in the day or just email GM at the DNVR bar. That's GM at the DNVR bar.com. And you can get in on the action and have your fantasy football party at the best sports bar in Denver. And of course you can get some of the great items on that menu. Make sure you have, I love that club level sandwich that it's basically a club sandwich on steroids that you can get over at the DNVR bar, but there's something for everybody on that menu and that's why it's a great place for you to come and have your fantasy football drafts and you know what have your fantasy football draft at the dnvr bar while watching some of the great college football going on this weekend so to do that email gm at the dnvr bar.com to get your reservation in that's gm at the dnvr bar bar.com and remember you can get those two free pictures of beer one breck beer one draft beer of your choice if you sign up for our fantasy football party special at the DMVR bar. And there's so many choices that you're going to have when uh, of the Breck beer you can get. You can go the summer route, the strawberry sky. You can go more of the fall winter route. You can get the avalanche beer. You can get the vanilla Porter Jr. with basketball season quickly approaching. That, that uh, is so delicious. It, we have so many of them at the DNVR bar. And of course you can get so many delicious Breck brews anywhere you are pretty much in the entire country right now. And of course it's the official beer of DNVR. I know that we've got so many uh, reasons to drink Breck brews as we got the golf tournament going on today, got the buffs tailgate going on later, got our vibe release party going on tomorrow night where the Breck brews will be flowing. So if you able to join, make sure you got a Breck brew. If you're not, why don't you celebrate with a Breck brew on this Breck brew Friday, get in on all of the action at Breck Breckenridge brewery. And of course, if you want to check out their farmhouse, go anytime, get delicious food. And of course, beer pretty much right out of the tap there. So make sure to check them out. And of course it is still summer season. So that means get in on the seltzers that they have good company seltzers. The lemonade, good company seltzers are fantastic as well. Check them out at Breckenridge brewery. All right, Mace, let's take a look around the AFC West now. Uh, and actually really quick before we did that. Uh, so there's an article from ESPN that says the floor and the ceiling, their projected floor and ceilings. And the reason why uh, the, the, the variable, I am convinced for the Broncos, it is all about quarterback play. That's why I judged everything about their floor and ceiling based off quarterback play. Is that what ESPN had? It, they didn't. First of all, oh. they went with 11 and six as the ceiling, six to 11 as a floor. And the variable, our friend Jeff Legwell wrote this, was can the defense be dominant mm. and comes down to this as Legwold writes quote the bottom line is they have to avoid the long list of injuries they had last season and Von Miller and Bradley Chubb have to be on the field together for at least 15 of the team's 17 games and I think that's that's kind of a clear thing to mention here because you know when they drafted Bradley Chubb back in 20 back in 2018 
I think we were all kind of jacked about the possibility of what those two could do together. But we've seen that so infrequently. We saw them, of course, playing, playing 16 games together back in 2018. They, they had together 26 and a half sacks. But in 2019, they only played four games together. And in the course of those four games with Bradley Chubb being hurt in the, in the fourth, they had three, they had three sacks combined. So basically you're looking at a total of 29 and a half sacks for the duo in 20 games together, roughly a sack and a half a game. And that's why you need these guys out there because if we're, if we're going to be talking about them combining for close to 30 sacks or certainly in the mid twenties, 25, 26 sacks between them, they need to be together. And that's why Bradley Chubb going back to the indoor facility with a team trainer at Thursday's practice, Zach, that was a little bit of a troubling sign. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly was. But Mace with this team, they've just been searching for average quarterback play for so long. The talent has been there on the defense. Did they live up to it last year? Of course not. Were injuries a big part of that? Of course they were. The defense being elite is important, but Mace, the defense could be disappointing and this team could still go 11 and five if they get good play out of their quarterback position. And as we've talked about, it's no surprise, but I I just think it's all about the quarterback for most teams in the NFL, but specifically for this team, just hitting certain benchmarks. But so I'm happy to hear that from ESPN and Jeff, because Mm -hmm. I want to know what ESPN has to say about the variables for other teams. And so Mace, let's just, let's start at the top. Let's start with the Kansas city chiefs. I'm going to, so I, I don't know their ceilings and floors. I'm going to guess them. And, and you tell me if I'm close, I'm going to say the floor for the Kansas city chiefs. And personally, I'm not going to take injuries like a a quarterback injury into account because I think any team can, can obviously have a drastic floor if that happens. So I'm going to say Mahomes plays every game. Oh my gosh. I'm going to say their realistic floor is, this even feels too low, Mace. I'm going to go 11 and 11 and six. That just feels too low still. Okay. They went with nine and eight as the nine and eight, but that would be incredible. If Mahomes plays at least 13 games, they're not doing any worse than 10 and seven. Exactly. They're going to have, they're going to have double digit wins. Right. And the thing that we actually saw a couple of years ago uh, back, back when uh, when Matt Moore got forced into the lineup, is that they can they can still be reasonably productive without Patrick Mahomes. What they lack is kind of is that otherworldly capability to dismantle you. But right. as long as as long as Chad Henney just gets the ball from A to B. So finds Tyree Kill, finds McCole Hardman, finds Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of the backfield, finds Travis Kelsey. They they they're not going to be but so bad. No. With with Chad Henney piloting the ship for a few games. Yeah. So I, that's I, I that's totally why I think. Agree. And I say Patrick Mahomes plays 13 games, and then Chad Henney plays four. 
my guess is with Chad Henney, they go two and two in those right. four games. They're 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 a five hundred team. Maybe if they had to play the entire season with Chad Henney, maybe like an eight and nine team. Yeah, but that I agree. But, yeah, but that's but that's the other thing to consider with the Chiefs. But if Mahomes plays thirteen games, their floor is ten and seven. What do you think the ceiling was? Uh, personally, personally, I don't think ESPN did this. I think their ceiling is 17 and 0. I am very afraid of the Chiefs this year, maybe more than any other year, because yeah. they're going to have all the juice coming off a uh, uh, that Super Bowl loss. I'm very afraid of the Chiefs. I think ESPN went 16 and one. They went with 14 and three. And- what? Yeah. What? Okay, maybe I'm too high on the Chiefs then. Well, which would be good. I'd, I'd be happy if I'm too high on them. You start looking at, at some of their more demanding games. Like, oh, look look at their opening. Cleveland at home, at Baltimore, Chargers at home. Then a couple. Then after a respite against Philadelphia, they play Buffalo. They play at Washington. They play at Tennessee. Washington looks like they'll be a solid team. Tennessee has been a perennial playoff team for most of the for, – for, for three of the – they've not perennial, but three of the last four years, and they've given the Chiefs some problems. They, they play the Giants, but then they play Green Bay. And so that's like the extra game that the uh, that the Chiefs got schedule-wise was Green Bay at home. And <laughs> then the other – and then the games that they have that everyone else in the AFC West doesn't have because of the uh, – because of this – of playing other first-place teams, they get – they got Buffalo and they got Tennessee. So – you, you just kind of look at that and say, okay, yeah, I can see why you'd say the ceiling is only 14 and three because they've got a schedule that's pretty rigorous in parts. And I can't, I can't see them going through, through these games, Cleveland, Baltimore, and these aren't in a row, but just kind of pointing out their tough non-division games, Cleveland, Baltimore, Buffalo, Tennessee, Green Bay, all, and then Pittsburgh down the stretch in week 16 i can't see them going through those without taking at least a couple of dings yeah maze i think i think that's a good point looking at that 15 and 2 is my ceiling yeah and 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 i see what you're saying there i think 15 and 2 is probably more realistic than 14 and 3 because you look at how tough those games are and you said non-division games the division games going up against the Broncos defense and the Chargers offense, depending on what they can be, could be very tough as well. And they could drop a game uh, or two here and there as well. But I just, you, you still look at, yes, those are tough games, but every team that faces the chiefs are saying, Oh my gosh, this is an extremely tough game. So I'm shocked that they put the ceiling at 14 and three and uh, no surprise that we said, you know, uh, probably an unrealistic ceiling, but a ceiling if Teddy Bridgewater balls out is 13 and four for the Broncos. No surprise that, that we're putting the ceiling much higher for the chiefs at 15 and two and me 17 and zero. Um, yeah. but, and so I'm going to guess that, or, or personally, I would say the variable here for the chiefs is their offensive line. This is this is one where I don't think it's Patrick Mahomes. We know what Patrick Mahomes is going to be, Mace. Uh, the variable here is their rebuilt offensive line. And the rebuilt offensive line should be very good. But look what happens when the Chiefs don't have a good offensive line. And they have some injuries there. The Super Bowl is what happened. And Patrick Mahomes looked like uh, a human. He didn't look like the the Super Mahomes that we've seen. And so that's why their offensive line, in my mind, is everything for this team. They're still going to be a very good team, even if it's a bad offensive line. 
But if their offensive line gives Patrick Mahomes all the time in the world, that's danger zone for everyone else. Yep. Ding, ding, ding. You were correct. The offensive hey. line. And you look at this and they've, they've basically turned the whole thing over. If you look at their depth chart over on our lads, it's got a couple of rookies in there. Trey Smith at right guard, Creed Humphrey at center, Joe Tooney. They signed as a free agent at left guard, Orlando Brown. They bring him in uh, via trade at left tackle. And then Lucas Niang stepping in third round pick last year at right tackle. So it's a group that is working in some youth, some athleticism, some experience, but the, the variable is how quickly this unit gels. And that's why I look at those first couple of games against Cleveland and Baltimore, two teams, both with excellent pass rushes. And I could see the chiefs dropping one of those two games to start the season against the AFC North. Yeah, that that's fair. And boy, would the Broncos love to see that maybe with the Broncos hot start, potentially they'll actually have a better record than the chiefs. Wouldn't that be something that would get Broncos country so pumped. Oh my gosh. If they looked in the, if they looked at the standings after week two and saw the Broncos two and oh, and the chiefs one and one, of course, then again, like you could be, you could also be disheartened. If you look at the Broncos at, at three and oh, after three games, but then the Chiefs are three and zero with wins over Cleveland, Baltimore, and the Chargers. Because at that point, you'd be like, "Oh man, they're one of these things is not like the other." One one three and zero came against teams that were nine and thirty nine last year. All right, let's move on to the team that was in second place last year, and that's the Las Vegas Raiders. Zach, what do you think the ceiling and floor is for the Vegasites? Boy, I mean, I want to go floor as so low here, but I can't put it that low because they do have Derek Carr. And Mace, what's the worst? I don't know if you know this off the top of your head. What's the worst record the Chiefs have had with with Derek Carr in the John Gruden era? Uh, I believe they went 4-12 and 12 back in the 2018 season. John Gruden's first on the job, which of course started by trading Khalil Mack. So you almost kind of want to, rule that throw that out since then though seven and nine and eight and eight and yeah and that's that's just kind of where i see this team is right around there but they just have so much dysfunction i because they have Derek carr i can't put their floor lower than the broncos but i can put it where the broncos are uh i'm gonna go the same five and twelve floor for the raiders yeah and they do have ESPN agrees with you on this. And I agree with you on this, that uh, this is a team where things kind of unravel. You can see it coming apart quickly, even though it's not a team that lacks talent on Mm -hmm. both sides, on both sides of the ball. Although certainly you can see some of the issues they've had in drafting. I mean, right now, Damon Arnett, first round pick last year, he's on, he's second on the depth chart, Cleveland Farrell, first round pick in 2019 he's on the second team on the depth chart too, behind max crosby at defensive end it's funny like i mean i look at the raiders drafts in recent years and there are picks that i loved that they that they made but there are also picks that make you scratch your head like for example in 2019 i love the max crosby pick in round four i love the hunter renfro pick value wise in round five both of those guys are starters 
I didn't like Cleveland Farrell in the first round with, with, with uh, Josh Allen, the pass rusher available. And, you know, certainly Josh Allen or Devin White, who went right after Cleveland Farrell, would have made this Raiders defense a heck of a lot better. So it's just like it, the, the interesting thing of their last of their drafts since 2019 is, especially since Mike Mayock came in, is that I feel like they're getting they're getting the middle round picks right. Like, but they're but they're misfiring on the early round picks. It's kind of baffling yeah. what's been going on there. Yeah, it really is baffling. That that's something else. And Mace, I'll go the ceiling for this team is 12 and five. Um, so what's, what's crazy is saying even less than the Broncos, the Raiders can be a good team because they do have tons of weapons. I mean, yeah. you look at their backfield, Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs. I love Josh Jacobs. Uh, and then you got Henry Ruggs, who's still waiting to break out. He could do that, I guess. But uh, I mean, certainly a talent there. And Darren Waller, one of the best tight ends in the game. And Derek Carr, a guy that has played at an MVP type level this year. Their offensive line, though, is crazy what they've done. Their defense, Mace, like you detailed, very talented. With the third worst defense in terms of scoring defense in the NFL last year. And so that's why I'm going to say the variable for them, and this is a pretty big variable, so I don't think it's what uh, ESPN is going to say, but it's just their defense. I mean, if their defense is average, uh, then their offense is going to be able to get this team to double digit wins and, and get this team to maybe even 12 wins. If their defense is so bad and Derek Carr struggles even just a little bit, that's how you get closer to that five wins uh, and, and so far out of the playoffs. Yeah, they went with the offensive line as a variable. And I think defense yeah. is a variable as well, because, but it's a variable on the positive side because if Gus Bradley can push the right buttons there, then I think you have you have a defense that that can at least be middle tier, which with the weapons they have on offense ought to be enough. But to me, the offensive line is still the, the biggest variable when you're That's taking fair. taking Rodney Hudson out of the mix, taking Gabe Jackson out, you're taking Trent Brown out. There there are a lot of questions there up front. They're going to be going with their first round pick, Alex Leatherwood, over at right tackle. How is he going to do in that role, playing so playing so much? right away certainly coming from out of Alabama you'd think he'd be ready but he's still a rookie there's still going to be some adjustment uh, adjustment there for him so the other thing I think is a variable is Henry Ruggs has got to be a big time producer and he's got to be somebody who is doing well enough to draw the attention of opposing defenses he's got to be somebody where not only do you have a corner on him, but or, or whether, whether it's outside or slot corner, but you've got to have a safety that is monitoring him. If you can do, if he is enough of a home run threat to where the safety has got to keep one eye on him, and thus maybe has to play honest against everybody else, has to play honest against the run in particular, then that will open things up for Josh Jacobs to have another big year. And so that I think that is a key thing here. If Henry Ruggs starts producing like some of these other first round receivers of recent years, then that's going to open things up underneath for Hunter Renfro. It's going to open things up for Josh Jacobs in the running game. It's going to open things up for Darren Waller. But that to me, as much as the offensive line, Zach, that's a variable for the Raiders because Henry Ruggs, if he starts playing like a lot of people thought he could going into the draft, 
that really alters the Raiders ceiling offensively and makes this unit pretty dynamic. Yeah, exactly. I mean, last year he averaged over 17 yards per catch, which is just crazy. But Macy was only getting two catches a game, which is crazy. Only four target, less than four targets a game, which again is crazy. They need to treat him like the first round pick he was. And if he averages 17 yards per catch and he doubles those numbers, then yeah, he's that dangerous, dangerous threat. So I think that's a great point as well. All right. And then I think everyone knows what this last team comes down to. I'll start with my variable mates. This is an easy one. This comes down to quarterback. This comes down to Justin Herbert with the Los Angeles Chargers. And it comes down to if Justin Herbert's going to have a sophomore slump or if he's really going to be in the MVP race. I don't think it's crazy to say that either one of those are are a possibility here. Look, Justin just took the league by storm last year, had the best season statistically a rookie's ever had uh, in 30 touchdowns. First time a rookie's ever done that. Could he come back to earth? Yeah. Do I think he's going to be a bust this year? Absolutely not. But a sophomore slump may mean 25 touchdowns and 12 picks. That's coming back to earth a little bit for him. It's still very good quarterback play. The Chargers will be still very happy about it. I think that's kind of a realistic sophomore slump for him. But then there's also the flip side. He could go out and throw 40 touchdowns and eight interceptions, and that wouldn't shock me one bit. And that's that's why this is that their ceiling is scary in my opinion mace and i'm gonna go with a floor for this team you got to keep in mind rookie head coach uh rookie a uh, rookie staff pretty much in a young quarterback rookie left tackle too <sighs> yeah i mm, man I just don't think that Justin Herbert is going to be a bust at all this year. So I'm going to say their floor is six and 12 or six and 11. Yeah. I went with a floor of seven and 10 ESPN has a floor of six and 11. And there are a few reasons why I've come kind of raising their floor. Number one is that it is highly unlikely that they endure as many injuries as they did last year. It's one, I mean, and with the Broncos, I think it's one of the reasons why I kind of feel some excitement about this season is that usually you don't have that many injuries two years in a row. I mean, by the time the Broncos and Chargers played in, in, in week 16 last year out in Englewood, those teams were shells of their former selves because of how many guys they had out at that point. So I think they'll be healthier. So, but that is still a variable for the Chargers because we've seen many a Chargers season get wrecked by a key injury at some point. So, yeah, that's, that's just a, classic Chargers. Yes. That's a, so that's a variable, but that's kind of down the list at number three. Number two variable, I would say, is Justin Herbert, just because, okay, wow. what's his ceiling going to be? What, what can he do? Can he get to another level? Is he a fluke? Probably not, but you got to see it again. But the number one variable, and ESPN and I agree on this sec, is the defensive side as a whole. Wow. Brandon Staley coming in, new scheme for that that defense. He's obviously somebody that we know Vic Fangio thinks very highly of. Had a lot of success last year with the Rams defense. What can he do with a unit that – clearly has talent and has talent at all three levels you go you, you go uh at you go on the defensive line they've got talent 
Joey Bosa, we know what he can do off of the edge. Kenneth Murray, I think, can have a big year in this scheme. And they go to the secondary. Derwin James, what can he do being healthy? Chris Harris Jr., we know what kind of cornerback he he is. Asante Samuel Jr., second-round pick, somebody who's had a really good summer to this point. The defense is a variable that is actually why I put this team ceiling, Zach, at 13-4. and four. Yep, and I'm right with you with the ceiling as well, Mace. I, I think that's a, a realistic ceiling for them because the talent is everywhere on offense, on defense, and now at quarterback as well. That that really shocks me that you and ESPN don't have Justin Herbert. I mean, that's given him a ton of credit, which he does deserve for what he did last year because you're saying that that he's kind of a Mahomes already, like in terms of being a trustworthy right. quarterback. So that just shows how much you trust him there. Uh, and it's scary what the Broncos could be facing in terms of the Chiefs and the yeah. Chargers. But hey, look at that. I mean, we, we, we said the ceiling was, was super high for the Broncos as well. Mace, I've, I've loved this conversation, and I think it's a great way to kind of start our preview into the season, which we're going to be doing next week. And, and man, I, I just, I'm curious where we all think this division plays out. I think number one is pretty obvious, but then number two, as we've kind of discussed, there's a lot of variables that, that make the waters a little murky. There are. And uh, one thing that, you know, one thing that you kind of look at as well is the schedule and the schedule is going to have an impact The cheat, the, the, the chargers, have a third place schedule and the Broncos have a fourth, a, a fourth place schedule. So you look at some of the games that the chargers have that are determined by the placement in the standings. They have the Patriots at home. They have the, they have the Vikings at home. They have a trip to Houston. And of course we know that the Broncos, those variable games they got based on their placement in the division. Uh, they got the jets, they got the Jaguars, they got, they got the Lions, and then all the teams in the AFC West have the NFC East. So if the NFC East is pedestrian, here's a chance for the entire division to pick up some, to pick up some wins here that other divisions in the AFC may not be able to accumulate. But then the other variable becomes, how does everybody else in the AFC West do against the AFC North? Because we know that division is very strong at the top with Cleveland and Baltimore. The wild card in there is Pittsburgh. Is is Pittsburgh going to continue its free fall that it had at the end of last year, or have they picked up the pieces enough to where that's going to be a tough game for the AFC West? Something like that, Zach, could end up determining whether the AFC West sends three teams to the postseason or just two. Yeah, it, it's an absolutely great point, Mace. And I want to get to the people's comments here. But first, I got to tell you about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. And guys, it is Friday. It is football Friday, even though it's not NFL weekend. It is college football weekend. And there's no better way to get in on the action than our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, where they're not just getting you amazing deals for this weekend. They're giving you a chance to turn $1 into 200 $100 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. That's all you have to do is bet $1 on any football game. Can be this week, can be next week when the NFL is back and you get $200 in free bets instantly. It is a no-brainer and for opening night in the NFL, six days away. As long as Tampa Bay doesn't lose by 74 points, 
you win your bet. So make sure to get in on that. Now is such a great weekend with all the promos they're offering. Make sure to get in and download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNBR when you sign up to turn $1 into $200 in free bets when you bet on any football game. That's promo code DNBR to get $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also want to tell you about our friends over at uh, at Solace Meds. And as usual, they've got some great deals for this month. They always change up the deals month to month. And here are some of the September deals they've got for you. Can America gummies, 25% off. Strains, tinctures, 20% off. Rockin' cartridges, 25% off. Glacier concentrates, 20% off. And guess what? On Labor Day, this coming Monday, buy three, get the fourth for 10 cents. They will also have that deal coming up on the following Saturday for Patriots Day. Buy three, get the fourth for 10 cents. And if you head on over to any Solace Meds location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you use that magical code DNVR20. That's any location of Solace Meds. They've got locations in Fort Collins, Queet Ridge, one off Broadway in Denver, and one on East Colfax, just blocks away from the DNVR bar. So what you do, you go to solacemeds.com, S-O-L-A-C-E, meds.com. Make your purchase. Choose what location is nearest to you and go and pick it up and use that code DNVR20 and get 20% off your order. You get a great discount. That DNVR20 code will get you a free Solace bar or King Cone, whatever you choose. And guess and, and guess what? They'll know that your friends over at DNVR sent you. So check out Solace Meds. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com with four locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, in Denver off-Broadway, and on East Colfax, blocks from the DNVR bar. The Colorado Exos aren't just an awesome idea. They're actually a really good team. They finished their season, their first season at five and five, which is an incredible start for a brand new team playing against professionals that have been playing for years. And of course, the Colorado Exos are a bunch of athletes from different sports that are brought together to play and learn the game of rugby. And this is already an instant success. They're playing over at Rugby Town USA here in Colorado, here in Glendale. And they're athletes who have competed at the highest levels of their respective sport. And if you think that you can join them and be successful as well, or you're interested in trying out for the Colorado Exos program, which is so cool, contact the director of recruitment. His email is P-P-A-S-Q-U-E at glendale.co.us. Again, that's P-P-A-S-Q-U-E at glendale.co.us. Get in on all the action with the Colorado XOs and make sure to check out games when their next season is around and check out everything that's going on in Infinity Park. They have movie nights and you can sign up for them going by going to Infinity Park at glendale.com slash events. So make sure to check out everything going on at Infinity Park and with the Colorado XOs. All right, Mace, let's hop into the comment section and talk to the people. And again, if you want to get your comments read and guaranteed they're read, 
Go to thednbr.com. Make sure you're part of our family. Go to the top where it says podcast. Click on pod the Broncos podcast. The first one that pops up, click on that, and then scroll to the bottom of the page, and a comment section will magically appear if you are a member. And Mace, let's get to the comments that the people have left. First one coming in from Cardona JP0930. He says, My boys, it'll be, I'll be at the DNVR bar come week one, and I'm excited to meet some of my DNVR fam as it relates to the Bradley Chubb issue. Do you see a possibility of the Broncos drafting an edge rusher early in next year's draft as a fail safe in case negotiations go sideways on Chubb's next contract? Also, what food should I order while I'm at the bar? Well, I recommend the uh, club level uh, sandwich, the turkey club. Um, seems like that's the go-to. Yeah, that's a, that's a great sandwich and it's, it, it's nice, but it's not too heavy as well. I think it's just kind of, it's a good summer. It's a good summer sandwich on the menu. So that one's a big winner for me. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. And if you want a burger, I mean, you can't yes. go wrong with the, the Hassel cattle company burgers, especially with cream cheese and hatch green chili. Oh my gosh. Mm, yep. And the other thing a pos- on Bradley Chubb, First of all, I haven't listened to the show yesterday, so I apologize. What was y'all's conclusion on what to do with Bradley Chubb? It was, uh, you're probably going to have to pay him, Mason. You're going to have to pay him between $17 and and $24 million per year, just depending on the type of season he has this year and and when you get it done. Yeah, I mean, I think health is the the, big thing. Right. And that's why... And I don't think you do either Bradley Chubb or Cortland Sutton today. I don't think there's a reason to do it today when you got to figure out what they are health-wise. I mean, if Chubb has another year where he misses a bunch of games, the best ability is availability, and you're probably thinking, okay, he may not be a, a long-term guy. So I don't think it's a matter of drafting an edge rusher early as a fail-safe for negotiations going askew. I think it may depend largely upon – how Bradley Chubb comes through this year and what he is health-wise. And if he stays healthy, then maybe you don't feel like you have to do that. But if he misses, say, at least four to four games, you start wondering, okay, is he just injury-prone? And is it worth giving him a long-term deal after the fifth-year option? Then you would draft a guy to be the next primary edge rusher. Yeah, and I can certainly see the Broncos drafting an edge rusher, especially in in the case that you said, Mace. But uh, look, you're not going to have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb here together for the next five years. That That's not realistic. And George Payton, if he's anything like John Elway, he's going to want two big-time guys at edge rusher. I would be comfortable going with Bradley Chubb and Jonathan Cooper and Malik Reed, but John Elway wasn't comfortable doing that with uh Shaq Barrett so he went on and made a big investment wouldn't be shocked to see another GM do that as well yep. next one from free Philip Lindsay Philip Lindsay the hometown kid beloved by Broncos fans everywhere a fan favorite the quote heart of the team a thousand yard pro bowler to let go Kendall Hinton steps up as a quarterback in a pandemic to win the hearts of everyone watching the NFL, especially Broncos fans had people buying custom jerseys with his name shows out this preseason in camp let go trinity benson shows up as an amazing depth piece becomes a fan favorite to make the team this offseason let broncos country make tv 12 jokes traded the fixes in this front office will do whatever it takes to get the fan favorite players off this team if you become a fan sensation in broncos country you're not making it lol i know hinton is on the practice squad and i like the value in the tv 12 trade i am playing this up for fun but it is unfortunate how good players that they 
that are also fan favorites just can't stay on this team. Yeah, but I mean, with Hinton, you're talking about a guy who was on the practice squad and they brought him up in an emergency. I mean, <laughs> the bottom line is, I mean, he's a fringe player at this point. Um, yeah, it, this is part of also why I'd say don't ever buy a jersey of an active player. <laughs> I would say, uh, I would say you make a really good point, Free Philip Lindsay. Now, it's certainly not intentional, but what I'll also point to at the same time is saying they did keep Justin Simmons around. He he's a big time fan favorite. Shelby Harris is too, so he's a big time fan favorite. Uh, and and there's a lot of other guys. You know, they did keep Von Miller around. That's someone who would have been added to your list, free Philip Lindsay, if they let him go. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I know people are certainly upset about uh, moving on from Philip Lindsay, and uh, the Trinity Benson one is still a very fresh wound. Yeah, uh, like I said, just just kind of. Take, take it day to day. Don't, don't ever fall too much in love as well. And I know oh, that's hard. Wow. So fan. sad. I know it's hard as a fan, but sometimes you just have to uh, do that. I mean, look, like Jerry Seinfeld said, you're basically rooting for laundry, right? <laughs> Man, it's sad. <laughs> yeah. Next I, one. Mean, I, I mean, I look, I'll admit this. My feelings about Tom Brady are different now than they were 18 months ago. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, man. That's why I'm like, no, no, no. You're basically, he's wearing the laundry that you like. You like the red and pewter laundry. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin Bronco says, Hi, guys. Do you think it would be wise of George Payton to wait on any movement on the contracts of Chubb and Sutton? My reasoning is when the fellow from Green Bay moves on to Denver, hypothetically, that the lure of championship ring lowers their asking price. And if it doesn't, they can be moved on and replaced replaced by out of contract players of the same caliber they want who want that ring instead of the big payday. What say you? Wow. Um, I do first of all, yes, it's wise of George Payton and wait on uh the contracts of Chubb and Sutton. Like I said earlier, for the start, you have to see how they are health-wise. How does Courtland come back from the ACL? And can Bradley Chubb stay healthy? But yes. You, you are thinking ever in terms of everything regarding Aaron Rodgers. And if that's still a possibility, then it behooves you to not spend money right now because you're going to need every last dollar of carryover. It's why on some level, if you got an offer, a reasonable offer for Bryce Callahan in a trade, and you could get $6 million off your books. You'd probably have to do it if, Again, reasonable offer in terms of draft compensation because you can take every dollar you save this year and carry it over to next year. Yeah, these guys, Mace, I think where you kind of get a, a, a deal by getting Aaron Rodgers, I don't think it's with the guys looking for their first big contract. I think it's with the Von Millers of the world, the extremely good potential Hall of Fame players that want to chase another ring at the end of their career. And Bradley Chubb and Cortland Sutton aren't in that position. Sure, have they been paid a lot of money? Yes, but that have, have they had their huge payday yet? No, they haven't. So you may get a little discount from those guys and wanting to play with Aaron Rodgers, but you're not going to get a substantial discount like you would with a Von Miller, who I think would be willing to take a pretty significant pay cut to play with Aaron Rodgers. So guys entering their first contract, first big contract, I don't think you'd get as much of a deal. Yeah, I would I would agree with you on that. Next, next one from Broncology. Wait till a week before trade deadline when Cortland is balling out and trade him. 
seems like you could get a second for him if he's playing top notch. Thanks for the content as always. And Mace, one of the things Ryan and I said was if Cortland's balling out this year and you have decided that you want to sign Tim Patrick up after this year and move on from Cortland, if he's balling out this year, maybe you could get a first round pick for him. Maybe, maybe. I mean, you'd have to have a team that was motivated enough and uh, willing to sacrifice that. But if he's, if he's playing at a level where you get a first round pick for him, do you really want to trade him? Yes. Yes. Because uh, I just still think Jerry Judy is going to be better than him this year. And if you can get that value back while you still have so much depth behind him, it makes sense to take advantage of that. In my opinion. If your end game is trying to get Aaron Rodgers and knowing that it might involve a trade uh, and you need all the draft capital you can and someone came to you with a one, probably do it. Right, exactly. And, and but, if, yeah. if you're not able to land Aaron, that one could go a long way in helping you move up for a quarterback next year. Yep, exactly. So Dan Burke, hey guys. So the Broncos had three players in total that were claimed, which ties them for most in the league in terms of guys waived and signed to teams, other teams' 53-man rosters. If we look at the other two teams that had three guys, guys claimed, I think we all can say the 49ers generally have a pretty good roster. The Jaguars don't, but Urban Meyer insists on cutting guys from the previous regime. So that seems more a case of teams capitalizing on the Jaguars, cutting guys who can contribute rather than Jaguars having a surplus of talent. Do you think having other teams claiming our players is evidence of better roster depth for the Broncos if our bubble players are getting claimed by other teams? Man, Dan, I think I think this is a great point, but I wish you just would have stopped with the Broncos were only one of three teams to have three players claimed because I think you hurt your argument when you threw in not necessarily the 49ers. Cause I think you have a good point for that. But when you threw in the Jags too, it doesn't necessarily help your point there that, you know, two losing teams are, are the ones that are with the Broncos in this. Uh, but I will say Mace, what was it two years ago? The Broncos claimed like eight, guys off waivers and just completely overhauled the back end of their roster in waivers. And that just clearly meant that this team was really weak and not deep at all. This year, the Broncos only claimed two guys. And then Dan makes a great point. They had three guys claimed, which just shows that, yeah, they, they finally do have some good players. So Dan, I think, I think you do have a point there. Yeah, you do. And uh, it's, it's a good sign that uh, the back end of your roster has been shored up. I mean, really, the back end of the roster is being shored up, shored up. A lot of positions of need in the starting lineup have been shored up. It's all about the quarterback, right? Yep, it certainly is all about that QB. True Champ Fan 24 says, My peoples ordered and received new DNVR merch and a Pat Sertan jersey. Let's get this season underway. Love y'all. He says, also lost my badge. What the heck? Well, your badge is back, True Champ Fan. I guess we just needed to hear from you. And uh, oh, man. Mace says don't buy jerseys or, or be, be wary. Yeah. Oh, I would love a Pat Sertan jersey. I think that one, I think you're good to go with that one. Of course you would, Zach. You're Mr. Alabama Crimson Tide. <laughs> and I do also love the two. It's a very unique number. I mean, it's incredibly unique, especially for a defensive guy. Yeah. I mean, there'll come a time where it's not unique as more defensive backs start taking single-digit numbers. But right now, it's something unusual. I, I do love the relaxing of the rules on numbers. I just hope we're getting to a point where we're seeing a kicker where something like number 78 or something like that. Just go all out. <laughs> that would be going all out. So 
Finally, Bronco Oilers. I used to complain pretty frequently about the coastal bias in sports coverage and the fact that national media seemed to prematurely, but maybe not incorrectly, write off the Broncos. Now, I feel like I'm living in a bizarro universe where the national media is actually higher on the team than a lot of Broncos country based on the starting quarterback announcement with a lot saying this team is a legitimate playoff contender under Teddy and could potentially surprise some people if we do make it into the tournament. I know there are still some who are not stoked about the QB position, but is it not nice to hear some optimism for this team outside of Broncos country for once? It's a great point, Bronco Oilers. And I think the reason for that is Mace Drew Lock was a second round pick, so he didn't get uh, a lot of national hype coming out of the draft. He had five games at the end of his rookie season, which I think a lot of national people really downplayed which kind of surprised me. Uh, and then last year, he wasn't good. So the, the the country hasn't seen a legitimately good long stretch of a performance from Drew Locke. But from Teddy Bridgewater, the, na- the, the nation has seen that. Everyone knew that the, that the Saints were 5-0 and when Teddy came in. Uh, and Teddy has been all over the country. And I think people respect Teddy Bridgewater as a player. And respect is different than thinking he's a top 10 quarterback. But I think they respect him. And he does have a winning record. And when you look at this Broncos team, the rest of their team, as, our, as we went through on our pod on Wednesday, Mace, the rest of this team is ready to win is built for winning right now. So if Teddy continues to be that winner, then success will follow here in Denver. Well, I think all, it's it's funny. Like you go to Carolina, they think highly of Teddy Bridgewater as a person, but not as a quarterback. But at the same time, there are indications that some things were askew, like uh, not practicing red zone, not practicing <laughs> two minute and Jeez. something that uh, Teddy Bridgewater pointed out. And Carolina, kind of an anonymous franchise right now, Pains yep. me to say that because I used to work there, but it's true, kind of anonymous nationally at this point. So for a lot of national observers, the last glimpse of Teddy Bridgewater they had was with the Saints in 2019, doing so well and keeping that team humming while Drew Brees was hurt. So the thought then becomes, okay, you keep them rolling. Uh, you give them the talent that the Broncos have accumulated, and there's excitement about the talent that they have then he should be able to do some good things there. Yep, exactly. And May, speaking of doing good things, our friends over at Green Mountain Dental are doing great things with your teeth. You guys have to get your teeth cleaned at least twice a year. So go to Green Mountain Dental because they're the best damn family-owned dentistry in the Denver metro area and make them your permanent family dentistry, whether it's getting those two cleanings a year, whether it's getting big procedures done, they treat you like family and they've been part of our DNBR family for many, many years. They've supported us and supporting partners is supporting us. So that would really help us as well. And they're great people. And you can talk Colorado sports. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. I mean, it's just a winning thing to go to Green Mountain Dental. So make sure to check them out. Use that code or, or not even use the code. Just go schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush with our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. And Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy some college football and we'll be back next week. Game week. Let's go, baby. For Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Have a fabulous Friday. Come
Take it back.